0: Welcome, worship leaders and teams. This is Tim Price, and I'm so glad that you're listening to the Worship Leader Toolbox Podcast. Today, I want to spend a few moments talking about three barriers to asking for people to join you in ministry.
1: My name is Elizabeth West, and I want to welcome you to the Worship Leader Toolbox Podcast, where our mission is to equip and encourage worship leaders and teams and practical components of local church worship. We're so thrilled to have you listening to our podcast, and our prayer is that it will be helpful to you and your teams. If you have any thoughts or questions, feel free to reach out to us at worshipleadertoolbox.com. We'd also be honored if you would subscribe and share it with others. Heading now to today's episode.
0: Well, welcome today to the Worship Leader Toolbox podcast. I'm thankful that you are joining us on this journey. I want to remind you that we are appreciative whenever you share this with team members or other leaders that you know, and you're welcome to visit the actual blog post on our website, worshipleadertoolbox.com, and you can find more information there and other resources. We're so glad to have you part of our community. My name is Tim Price, and in addition to leading worship at our church, and I have been doing that for the last, oh, I'm not sure how many years now, seems more than 20, and um, in addition to doing that, I also lead Harvest Ministry. Harvest is a a mission to invite young adults to serve on worship teams that travel to camps and conferences, churches, and other events. And that also has been going for more than 20 years. And so on both fronts, I have an opportunity like you to be involved in helping the church sing and worship and give God praise and to do that on a weekly basis with all the daily in and outs that come along with it. And one thing I've learned is that one key to involving people in your ministry is to ask them. I often hear worship leaders and ministry leaders of all types and kinds say things like, nobody will help me, or nobody can be a part of our group, or we don't have any volunteers. That usually happens because we have not asked anyone. It is truly a huge step, and it proves to bring much more fruit than nearly any other way of trying to get people involved. Too many church leaders, including myself at times, count on the easy way out of putting something in the announcements or on the graphic slides or in the church newsletter or weekend publication or even on the website. For certain things, this can be helpful. And usually those things are pretty few and far between, big church events, all church outing or mission project or something like that. But if you're looking for somebody to be a part of your team for a specific role, then you're going to have to probably invest time in actually approaching them and asking them. If we want them to serve on one of our teams, be a part of the life of our worship ministry in a small or big way, we're going to have to ask them. And these are three barriers to asking. And I just want to run through these so that I can, in reverse, sort of inspire you to get a notion to pray for God to bring people to mind, and for you to have the motivation and the opportunity to invite them in. In addition to asking people to be a part of a role in your ministry team, it's also important with all of our volunteers to equip them, encourage them, and empower them. All those roles are important. Each of those could probably easily have their own podcast. So in today's quick recording here, I want to talk through these three barriers of why we hesitate to ask. Number one, it takes work. Before we ask somebody to help us or join our team or be a part of some special project or mission or or day that we want to do something big, it's going to require some work on our part. We have to determine what the ask is going to be. It requires an investment of time to either compose an email or make a phone call, or for bigger things, set up a meeting and meet face to face. It's going to require for you, as the person who is asking, to gather information, to be ready for some sort of training or scheduling, some sort of information that you'll be able to give them so that they know what they're answering. It's going to require some sort of follow up. If you ask somebody to do something, there's a chance they might say yes right then, but there's also a chance that they're going to say, let me get back to you, or uh, let me know what that entails, or, or something like that. And, um, though inviting ministry is really a huge time saver in the long run for every worship leader or ministry leader, um, it's also a bigger deal than that. It is going to save you time. It's the only way really for the church to grow, for the ministry to scale, and for there to be raised up leaders and all those things. But more than the time saver and more than the growth, the purpose of staff members in a church is to help equip the saints. A big chunk of your role, in addition to helping to provide the weekly framework for worship and music and leadership is to help the church grow in their gifts. You're not gonna be there forever. You are an interim worship leader, whether you are gonna be there five years, two years, 15 years, or 30 years, you're not gonna be there forever. The church is gonna be there long after you're gone. And part of your role, and one of the motivations, at least for me, in asking people to join me, is that it's gonna help equip the saints. People in your church, are going to have an opportunity to use the gifts that they have, maybe not not even know that they have them, and then they're going to become part of this kingdom work. It does require work to get the ball rolling and to keep it going. If you are strapped in your ministry, like you have so much going on that every day is filled up, maybe you are a, a bivocational worship leader, and there are many of those folks out there, and I applaud you In some ways, I do that as I split ministry time between two organizations, our church and our our mission ministry. But if you are in those places where you have a 40 hour a week job and then you're also putting in uh, hours for worship ministry, um, I just wanna encourage you that somewhere along the way, and this takes also a little bit of work, to build a framework of your hours and your investment in your ministry. If you have 10 hours that you are putting into your worship ministry, at least an hour and a half to two hours should be dedicated to helping to grow the people in your church, either through sending them links for videos or training or resources through attending a conference with them every once in a while, or through meeting with them and coaching through certain things, or those hours can be used to recruit and to develop people. If you're spending 10 hours a week at your church, a portion of that, maybe 20 percent needs to be used to help equip the saints so this is all going to take work and i think that is one of the reasons that it is difficult for people to ask it's one thing to walk up somebody and say hey will you join me i got this thing going on and i'd love to have you be a part of it well if it's that cut and dried and that simple and then it's over that'd be great but every ask sets off a chain reaction of things that you'll have to do time to meet time to take part in things, time to get details together. But it is worth it. Without asking people to join you, your ministry is never going to grow to the place it could be. So that's number one. Number two, the reason we don't ask, or another barrier to asking as a leader, is that we fear rejection. And I don't think anyone enjoys being told no. Sometimes we might get kind of numb to it or used to it if we're in sales or some other aspect of of work like that, because we feel like we're being rejected, many leaders just don't ask at all. We just kind of feel like, well, if people are going to say no, I'd rather just do it myself. So just a few thoughts to think about this barrier and how to overcome it. And for starters, I just want to remind you that this isn't personal. It is a relationship and you do know the person. And so we don't want to be awkward in the future if somebody says no to something or or feel like you asked them a question or invited them to take part in something that they have no interest in or passion for at all. But it truly isn't personal because you are inviting people in the church, sometimes just taking a stab in the dark, other times noticing and calling out the gift to somebody. But you're inviting people to use their God-given gifts to serve in the church and make a kingdom difference. There's nothing more fun for Christians than to realize that their gift is being used and making a difference in God's kingdom, in God's church. And another thing that makes it not so personal is that it's God's church. And He is often working in somebody's heart long before you have asked. In fact, if you got a nudge to ask somebody to participate in some way, there's a good chance God is answering a prayer from you and from them. And so you want to make sure that you respond to that and they might be already being nudged to be a part of something and all they need is that little strike of a match a little fuel just to say this is the place that you can do something it's also good to build this culture if it's not there already but but try to get a culture going in your ministry of your members realizing that not every ministry role is a fit that they don't have to stay with something that they they don't enjoy forever and ever and ever there are some roles that somebody has to fill whether people want to do it or not. That's one thing. Most often in worship ministry, there are uh, opportunities for people to try things out. If somebody gives it a try to audition for the worship team or to be a part of some sort of tech role or something like that, and then it doesn't quite fill their bucket, it's not quite what they thought, or there might be something else they want to try or invest their time in, help build a culture of your church by letting people know that is okay. It's totally fine if you serve for a while and then make a change, jump ship to another ministry area, celebrate that, send people off well, encourage them in their gifts, and give God thanks that you have people that are committed to the church, and they're going to find their place that they can serve, or where they serve for a while and then take a little break for a while, and that's totally good as well. It is totally fine for people to recognize their gifts and preferred area of ministry, And sometimes it takes trial and error. So when people have that, celebrate it. When people need a breather, make sure you let them know that that's totally cool. We don't want volunteers to feel like they're stuck in their role forever. And that so easily happens and kind of becomes a joke during conferences where speakers are speaking about how you wound up here and how you've been doing this forever. Been a Sunday school teacher or a sound guy or whatever the volunteer role is. And there's no way out until you just burn out or just quit or you move or something like that we don't want that type of culture we want a commitment culture where people do join and participate with you for the long haul but most often that is in seasons and spurts and they join for a year and then join for another year and eventually they're just part of your ministry knowing that there's an opportunity to stop if needed so one other thing here about the fear of rejection and that is something that has helped me over the years and it's a, maybe just a mind game for myself, but it's basically to have a goal of no's. Instead of thinking, I need two people and I'm going to call around and ask until I get two yeses, I, I kind of reverse it and think, I need 10 no's. And then when you get a no, you kind of are reaching your goal. It's not quite as bad to get uh, rejection in that sense. And typically, you wind up getting all the yeses you need way before you ever get to your goal of no's. So I've just kind of learned that um, it gives me a little confidence to ask whenever I know, one, it's God's church and God's people. It's not personal. And I'm helping to build the gifts of people in our church and ministry. And there's no other way to do it besides jump in and be a part of it. And then my last little trick is just to go for no's. I, I just think it's fun to talk with people. I always think it's fun when they feel like they've been thought of and they've been asked Most often, even if somebody says no, they say, thank you for thinking of me. One other thing about this idea of rejection, and that is that all of this, all three of these barriers and every aspect to building your team should be bathed in prayer. And when someone says no, then it's still progress in the kingdom. You're continuing the momentum. And one mistake I see leaders making too often is to say no for the person before even asking them and we need to stop doing that for sure. People can make up their own minds and their own decisions. They can take a look at their calendars and their schedules, and they can determine if it's going to fit. And passion will override a lot of that. If somebody is passionate to be a part of something, they will stick their neck out. They'll they'll do what they need to do to rearrange their schedule, and they'll be a part of it. So rejection isn't fun for anybody, but don't let it be a barrier. You're going to have to ask, and sometimes that means getting a no so we have number one first barrier it's going to take some work number two we fear rejection and we'll get to number three after this commercial all right i appreciate you listening to that commercial those little things on our anchor podcast here just help uh, keep things going and it's awesome to have you connected if i didn't already say it make sure that you visit the blog post at worshipleadertoolbox.com, and right there you can uh, access this blog post from today And you can also access other freebies and resources so the barriers to asking it takes work we fear rejection and then the third and final one for today our own disorganization can be a barrier to asking people if we do things right the clear pathways to serving should always keep a continually a continual pipeline of volunteer members kind of surfacing it and coming towards you in ministry But in the whirlwind of ministry, one barrier to asking people to join your team, to be a part of the ministry, and a sound person or a guitar player or a vocalist or whatever, one of the reasons that we have a barrier is because we might be too disorganized. In order to ask people effectively, there has to be a clear and created framework in advance. If you just willy-nilly ask people to be a part of things, there's a good chance it's never going to get off the ground. You need to have the small job description ready. You need to nail down the timeline, the details of the commitment, and then document how this role is going to fit into the overall mission of the church so that people know what they're getting themselves into. Even your closest friends want to know what they're getting into. If somebody ever calls you and says, hey, are you busy right now? Well, the answer to that question depends on what they are going to ask you. And so um, even your closest friends, you kind of want to know what you're getting yourself into before you say sure or yes. So sometimes we wind up asking people for help. As I just mentioned, we never even follow up on that. We talk about needing people to help us. But when somebody does approach or somebody does respond favorably, we're not even sure what to tell them to do. We're not sure of the clear-cut times or the actual job description or the task that's going to really be most helpful so that they can meaningfully participate in ministry, use their gifts, and at the same time help build the church along with us. So these are the three things that we have to overcome. And I'll tell you what, most often when I hear podcasts like these, just hearing it will be an inspiration. I don't think you necessarily have to run off and do all kinds of legwork, just knowing that it's going to take some work to ask people, You're going to have to get a few no's and and just get over that rejection and you're probably going to have to get a little bit of organization going whether it's just a quick word sheet for somebody who's not organized at all just type out a job description and pray about somebody that can help fill that role if you're more or less organized in most aspects of life this might be a little easier for you but either way people just need a nugget of framework so that they can jump in and participate and once we overcome these barriers, asking people is a huge benefit in ministry for you and for them. There's going to be testimonies down the road of young adults and other people in your midst who are going to say, yeah, I was hanging out and then so-and-so asked me to be a part of it. And now 10 years later, here I am doing such and such. It's, it's mind-blowing to think of the power of asking somebody. Your invitation to join you in ministry could truly change the trajectory of someone's faith journey or indeed their lives. Don't hesitate to ask. Pray for people, get an idea of what's needed, and start asking people to join you. It's going to make a difference in your church and in the kingdom. I want to thank you for listening today and invite you to, um, again, take a look at other podcast episodes and to join our community on Facebook. It's called the Worship Leader Toolbox Community. The Worship Leader page on Facebook is also there, but I'm grateful for your ministry and praying for you today. Thanks.
1: This podcast is brought to you by Harvest Ministry, and we are seeking team members. Since 1996, Harvest has had a mission to serve as a worship team for children in youth camps, conferences, retreats, and worship services around the Midwest. Over 300 young adults have served through Harvest Ministry and we currently have openings for our summer team. If you are a guitar player, drummer, keyboardist, bassist, vocalist, worship leader, or tech person, we would love to talk with you. Ministry-minded young adult musicians can visit harvestministryteams.com and hit the Teams tab to learn more.